Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here in South Africa and beyond our borders. In this week's segment, I want to continue on a theme that I discussed in a previous segment, which is agricultural trade. And there are two major reasons for that. The first one being that we now have data for the trade performance in the second quarter of this year. And I think it's important to unpack it to say, how did we perform? Which products were really leading onto that? And which markets are important for South Africa's agricultural trade? And one can also even start to imagine to say, on a policy perspective, what are some of the things that we should be thinking about upon observing the trade activity um, of the past quarter? And of course, considering the historical trend onto that. The other reason that I think it's important to explore is the story around China because we all know, or many people that have been reading the media in South Africa, you know that we've been talking about the challenges that South African wool exporters have been experiencing in China. And over the past two weeks, we've been able to reach the resolution with China. We can now export our wool um, to China. And I think it will be important to unpack what led to the resolution and what was the major problem that was behind that ban in the wool exports. And of course, also to say, what was the wool trade like in the second quarter? Because that ban has been in place since about uh, April this year. So those are some of the key themes uh, that I've that, that I've been looking at, which is why I've decided to stick with this topic of trade um, this time around. And I guess the starting point here is to highlight that trade is at the core of South Africa's agriculture. Uh, and any progress that we've seen over the past few years have been anchored into the trade space. For example, I can take this back to 1994 to say, if you were to look at the value of South Africa's agriculture from 1994 up until today, it has more than doubled. And even on volumes terms, if you look at production, production has more than doubled. If you were to say, then what has been behind this improvement in agriculture throughout this time? There's two things that come up, amongst other things, of course, that that, that one can attribute this progress from. The first one being that the technological use in agriculture, both mechanical and uh, biological, has been at the core of this, of improving productivity and all kinds of things. But the second one is trade, because all of these things that we are producing or products that we are producing, they need to reach some export markets. And trade has been at the core of that uh, progress that we have seen. And at this point in the country, we are talking about what we call the agriculture and agro-processing master plans, which are really anchored in saying, how do we continue to boost agricultural production, but in a more inclusive way, by inclusive then in a South African perspective, I meaning um, having increased black farmer participation in that agricultural progress. And that inclusion and that production that we are looking at improvement in production will require that we also have export markets to put the products that we'll be producing to because with the production that we already have at this point we are exporting about half of what we produce in value terms roughly if you were to look at the 2021 numbers so any improvements that we will see in future going forward we will need to ensure that there are some export markets for those products so it's particularly for those reasons that the story of trade keeps coming up in South Africa because farm product profitability will depend on that trade story when we think about um, our country. 
In the past few months, of course, there's been the challenges that I've mentioned in the wool industry, which have now been resolved. The core issue there was that uh, South Africa is currently struggling with what we call a foot and mouth disease. Um, and this is a disease that um, uh, 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 we've seen an outbreak of it in a cattle industry. And it has led to a really difficult time to the extent that there is now a ban in the movement of cattle in South Africa because this used to come up in particular provinces now and then over the past few years, but really manageable. But this time around, we saw this outbreak um, coming up in a number of provinces. In fact, six of our nine provinces, I think they already had um, this outbreak. And all of the countries that we're trading with, uh, particularly cattle products, meat, skins, and all kinds of things, they, of course, put a temporary ban in the purchase of our products. But now this went as far as China saying they are putting also a temporary ban from purchasing wool from South Africa. And of course, China, this is not the first time they've done that. In 2019, where we had... Um, experienced the outbreak of a foot and mouth disease in the cattle industry, not in sheep at the time. Again, they had put this temporary ban on the imports of our wool. And the South African government and the Chinese authorities at the time, they sat down and they came up with a particular protocol of saying you can handle wool in a particular scientific way so that it's not contaminated by any diseases. It still reaches China in a pure state. Not that it was, because again, to emphasize the point, the outbreak is in cattle, not in the sheep um, uh, side. But nonetheless, China sort of like uh, retreated back and put this ban since about um, end of April this year. But that now has been resolved. The South African authorities, the wool industry, and even ourselves at the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, we're part of that discussion of saying, how do we make sure that there's a resumption of, of our exports of wool? Now that is in place, the new challenges, of course, they remain. For example, around logistics, we hear from our colleagues in the in, in in the wool industry in the Eastern Cape talking a lot about logistical challenges, which is something that I will explore in the in the in the next topics. But looking at just the exports in the second quarter of this year, in consideration that from around about end of or end of April, China was not in the market. We saw South Africa's wool exports by value falling by 42% if you were to compare the second quarter of this year with the second quarter of 2021. Of course, the numbers can be big as this fall. They fell by almost half because China is an important and a large market for wool. They buy roughly on average, if you take the past 10 years or so, you'll see that China makes up about 70% of South Africa's wool exports. So when you faced challenges in important markets like China, China, it was bound to show on the on the trade um, activity. The only countries that really sustained us to an extent were the European countries that were buying some of the wool throughout this difficult period. And I think now, uh, as we resume uh, the wool exports, uh, it will be bring much more relief to to the to the colleagues in that industry, particularly the fact that this is a start of the new season in the wool industry from around about uh, September or so. We see more momentum in, in ship sharing and the other activities in that industry. So this is a good time. This is a good time for them. The other challenge, of course, that we've been seeing around trade is citrus. Um, citrus experiences a number of challenges in the EU as the EU changes some of the plant regulations um, and they talk about what they call a quarantine organism, which is the force uh, coddling moth, which they say if 
South African products have to be uh, frozen below a particular temperature so that they they can ensure that we we don't really pass on this this quarantine organism to to the EU um, uh, uh, players. South Africa already has measures, scientific measures in place to control for this. So we viewed this at least on where I sit as some of the protectionist stunt to some extent because I mean within the EU you have the likes of Spain that are actually big on citrus and competing with South Africa. My thinking looking into this and looking at what was hearing uh, from the South African players, it seemed like the EU is playing all of these tactics. But nonetheless, the EU is responsible for protecting the EU consumers um, and it's within their right to put some of these um, regulations in place. But the core thing is that they have to be communicated well on time with South Africa and there has to be clear cooperation about when and how these things will be adjusted progressively going forward because we are an important partner of the EU and they're an important partner for us. They take a large part of our products and there's a long history between South Africa and the EU. If you look now into all of that activity that has been happening in the EU, it has weighed on trade. There's been a lot in the news about some of the stranded ship that were in the in the European waters for quite some time before they were able to be um, offloaded. And that has caused money from those colleagues that are in the citrus space and in the fruit space in general. And now there are questions to say going forward, how will this uh, trade activity be? Because at least for those ships that were there, there were negotiations that happened between the South African authorities and the European authorities to allow them to access the EU market. Now we are thinking more about the long-term trade activity, which is where I think both of these, um, the EU region and South Africa, will have to sit down on a table led by our government in South Africa and industry to work to help to find a solution so that we maintain that EU market because it's very important for South African uh, products. Of course, the other thing that has been weighing on a on a citrus industry is the fact that even markets like the Black Sea, Russia uh, used to make up on average about seven percent of our agricultural of our citrus exports a year, and about twelve percent of our apples and pears exports a year. So all of these are some of the losses that we experienced since the war started in that region. You take this now, you add it to the difficulties in the EU. All of this was bound to weigh on trade when it comes to citrus and in fruits in general, to an extent that. If you one looks at the data for the second quarter of this year, South Africa's citrus exports by in value terms are down 22% uh, from the first quarter of 2021. And I think that that decline is a combination of these um, factors that I've just um, alluded to um, at this point. And of course, like I said, this is something that we have to continue engaging on and and ensuring that we we find resolutions and we maintain that EU markets. The other thing, which is a challenge that we continue to to, to monitor in South Africa, is of course the story of logistics. And this has come out in one of the segments where I was highlighting some of the issues that we hear when we talk to farmers and the other role players in the industry to say what are they experiencing they talk a lot about the challenges that they experience on a logistics base and of course we've seen transnet really showing a great agility and uh, being responsive when um, the port of durban uh, had experienced uh, some challenges following the destructive floods in april this year transnet and the other role players in the logistics industry work really hard on ensuring that um, the activity returns 
uh, to normality in a space of weeks or months in there. And we've actually seen the fruits of that labor when you look at the trade data that there was continuous momentum. The core thing then now is to say, how does Transnet and the other role players take that energy that was applied and the energy and focus in Durban and make sure that that's something that continues as we maintain all of the ports across the country. And of course, I know that this would require money and all of those things, but that's the area that we need to focus on by we now. I mean, South Africa, South African uh, policymakers, government and everybody to say, how do we get our ports actually working? Airports and the railway line, as well as the roads. And the roads are in a very, very bad uh, conditions across South Africa. I think anyone who travels in rural towns, agricultural towns, like many of us in agriculture uh, do, you sort of like see this challenge of the of the poor roads um, infrastructure. And this is a risk on agricultural exports. Because we remain a country where we are transporting roughly 80% of our products by road. So the story of roads um, uh, condition is important. And I think from where we're sitting, um, you know, I'm engaging with my colleagues at ACPES, with people at Infrastructure South Africa and relative and, and, and relevant departments on this thing. And But I think it, it requires a broader focus um, on improving our network industries in order to, and this is not going to be good only for agriculture now on a, on a on the infrastructure, but all of the exporting industries, you think of mining, manufacturing, and the others, they will benefit uh, for this improvement. But with all of these things, though, put together, if you were to look at, say, how did South Africa's agricultural exports uh, perform in the second quarter of this year? We still did fairly well. Um, our exports are up 5% on a year-on-year basis, um, reaching uh, $3.4 billion now. The top exportable products were still citrus. With all of its challenges that I've, I've outlined, it was a top exportable product, followed by maize, apples and pears, wine, grapes, figs, dates, avocados, nuts, fruit juices, wool, uh, um, uh, sugar, and sunflower oil, those were some of the products that were actually amongst the top exportable products um, in the in the in this part in this past quarter. Wool with its all of its problems with citrus, they were still um in here. This speaks to their importance when we think about agricultural trade balance. So we really need to maintain the relationship with all of these countries which we've experienced challenges um with. Now the core and we think that for the rest of the year, by the way, these products will continue in my view to dominate the, the export activity because they, they, they always been the leader when you think about South Africa's agricultural trade. Now, the key thing behind this is, of course, the robust agricultural activity in the 2021-22 production season. We experienced heavy rains at the start of the year, which threatened the crops to some extent. But from early on in like January, um, uh, we saw a bit of a breather. The heavy rains were literally when the season started in October 2021 and continued up until the end of the year. From January, we saw a breather and this has led to a relatively good season. And I think these export numbers speaks to that um, uh, good agricultural output. Higher prices, for example, also for commodities like maize, 
have contributed to, to this improvement and these good trade numbers that you are seeing in here. And I think that's why then we maintain that positive view to say for the rest of the year, these products could continue to be a lead. But I think the message I've made in the last segment where I was saying the exports activity this year will likely be down from 2021 numbers remains true. 2021, we saw exports of agriculture in South Africa reaching a record $12.4 billion. That is about to change this year because while the agriculture system is good, I'm mentioning the good comparing to a long-term trend. But if you were to compare it with last year, the volumes are pretty much down. In May, for example, volumes are down by 8%. <clears throat> are down by 8%. So I think this is something um, that we have to think about. In some of the other commodities, the volumes are fairly, fairly good um, onto that. For example, in citrus and the others, the volumes are, are at record levels. But of course, there are all of these other trade um, uh, constraints that I was talking about. In meat, which is something that I explored in a previous in a previous segment, also experiences a bit of challenges. This foot and mouth disease that I was talking about in the context of wool, it also means that our beef exports won't go out this year. And this is one of the things that will weigh on trade. Now, looking at all of this picture together, it's important also to know who are the major trading partners of South Africa. And in the second quarter, the, the African continent remained an important market. It made up about 35% of our exports, for example, went to the African continent. Asia remains also an important market. It made up about 28% of our agricultural exports. The EU, about 21%. Asia used to be the third largest market. It has now, um, of course, overtaken the EU. But one has to look at the EU market in a context of the UK, because UK used to be part of that. And now UK is out of that number. And UK takes up about 7% of South Africa's agricultural exports, a very important market um, for, for South Africa. And of course, the rest, which is 9%, went to the Americas and the other uh, parts of the world. Now, in the closing point, which is, again, around to make a point, so South Africa's trade uh, is not a one-way approach. We are also importers of a number of products, uh, particularly if you think about wheat, rice, palm oil, sunflower oil, and poultry. Those remain some of the products that we still import in South Africa. And if you were to look at the second quarter, our import bill of those products, import bill was actually up 10% on a year-on-year. -year. That is second quarter of this year compared to the second quarter of last year, making up about $1.9 billion. Um, and I think these products will still remain the top in our import bill, particularly rice, wheat, and palm oil. Those products will remain top in our list. Um, now, taking the imports and the exports numbers, uh, we still had a positive um, or a trade surplus of about $1.4 billion in the second quarter of this year, but that is down 2% compared to the corresponding um, period last year. And I think the modest exports and that aggressive increase in, in, in imports is what has made that trade balance to be down by 2%. Now, in the last point, I think I have to take it back to the policy perspective emphasizing the point that we are an export-oriented agricultural sector. And if we improve production through master plans and the other government and private sector plans that are being put in place, we also have to emphasize um, the expansion of the export markets. And in discussions that I've had with private sector players, Japan, China, India, Saudi Arabia, Bangladesh, 
the Philippines and South Korea are key markets that the South African agribusinesses and farmers have expressed interest in. And I think that the, the government and the private sector needs to work on making sure that they expand our market access in those, in the, in the, in those countries. And of course, this must happen without neglecting the relationship with the EU, Asia, and the other partners which have sustained our agricultural activity over time. So we need to work at maintaining these export markets while at the same time expanding the other export markets. And as all of these activities happening in the domestic uh, side, we also need to increase our focus on the network industries, maintaining the vibrancy of those network industries. And I think through those efforts, it's the only time where we will see continuous growth in agriculture as well as job creation and vibrancy in the small towns. So that's the, the key points I wanted to revisit um, and, and, and emphasize in this time um, this time around in this week, in this segment. That's it uh, for me. My name is Wandi Lesihlobo. I'm an agricultural economist uh, based in Pretoria. You can read more about some of these things in our website of the organization that I work for. That is the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, AGBIS. So www.agbiz.co.za. That's where you will find uh, much of this information and the data that we have discussed. Thanks for listening.